This is A Sustainable Mind, episode 74. On today's episode, I am joined by Kamea Shane, a fellow podcaster and host of the Green Dreamer podcast. This particular interview was actually recorded about six months ago uh, while I was doing a significant amount of traveling, helping to take care of some family obligations. So uh, that's why this episode is coming out so late. And also I was not at home when I recorded this. So the internet connection on my end is a little bit finicky. However, the content is awesome. Kamea is really interesting and has some great insights for you. So I really hope that you enjoy it. And just as a reminder, this coming Sunday, February 9th, I will be holding my very first listener meetup right here in Los Angeles, California. If you happen to be in the area, please come and hang out with me at Sage Vegan Bistro between 530 and 7. I would love to meet you in person. And if you can't join us, no worries. I'll be having other meetups just like this one in other parts of the country later on this year. If you want to stay up to date with future events like the meetup, future webinars, and the latest episodes, head on over to asustainablemind.com and sign up to be on our mailing list. Welcome to A Sustainable Mind, where we delve into the minds behind today's most impactful environmental campaigns, organizations, and startups, inspiring the environmental changemakers of tomorrow. I'm your host, Marjorie Alexander. Kamea Shane is an author, creative, the curator of ConsciousFashion.co, and the host of Green Dreamer podcast, which, congratulations, Kamea, has just reached its 200th episode not too long ago and is continuing to go on strong. She is challenging our dominant views of quote-unquote advancement that equate to destruction, degradation, and disconnection from the things that matter most to us, and she consciously explores what it takes to realize a world of ecological balance and diversity. Welcome to the show, Kamea. It is a pleasure to have you on today. Thank you. It's definitely my honor. Thank you so much. So, of course, as I do every time I have a podcaster on this show, inevitably, there's always that pre-conversation where it's like, so what equipment do you use? <laughs> You've gotten that out of the way. But I, I think we're kind of both having like fangirl moments right now. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because I've been listening to your show. So I'm like, I, I feel like I know you. <laughs> well, thank you so much. And, you know, an, an interesting thing happened when I started recording my show was that I came out of my shell in addition to telling the stories of my guests. And that was something that I absolutely did not expect. And so, yeah, like I, I have recently like run into just at the airport once I ran into a fan of mine. Oh, wow. And That's so exciting. Like, oh my God. And, you know, she like recognized my, she recognized my voice, which was so interesting. She recognized my voice before she recognized my face. And now, you know, I have these wonderful relationships that I'm developing through the interwebs with amazing people and and now you. So I'm super excited to have you on. Yes. Well, I hope to run into you at an airport <laughs> or somewhere soon. <laughs> so let's talk about, uh, let's start with our, you know, my standard question, right? <laughs> How did nature, the environment and sustainability play a role in your childhood growing up? Mm. So I grew up in Taipei, Taiwan. It's an island off of Hong Kong in Asia, and it's quite a densely populated city. So for the most part, I was actually quite disconnected from 
wild nature, at least, you know, there were certainly greenery on the streets or in city parks. But when I watched things like National Geographic, Discovery Channel or Animal Planet while growing up, I was just really fascinated because I was living in this urban jungle, but really feeling that curiosity and, you know, wanting to connect in real life and experience this vast wild world that's out there. And I think at first it was definitely more of an innocent love of nature, romanticizing the idea of being out there in the lush jungles, being out there with wildlife, walking through, you know, deserts really far away. But as I learned more, I learned, I saw, you know, the micro struggles of different species day to day against one another, against the harsh elements of nature, and just increasingly against the ways that human activity has transformed their habitats and the world that they always knew. So when I heard more about how various species were going extinct, it just didn't feel right. You know, I didn't know it at the time, but we're entering a sixth mass extinction where extinction rates are, I believe, 100 to 1,000 times or more greater than the natural background rate due to human activity. So anyway, learning all of that, learning species going extinct, that didn't feel right. So when I was in high school, I had my opportunity finally to get more involved. And the summer after my sophomore year, I think it was shortly after one of the major earthquakes that happened in Sichuan, China. I volunteered at the panda conservation there for a few weeks. They were still recovering from the aftermath of the earthquake. And then that further solidified my passion in, in this in conservation and in sustainability. So the following summer, I went farther to Ostiano, Costa Rica and volunteered at the sea turtle conservation there. And definitely in both, I'm sure I gained more out of these experiences than they got out of me as a high schooler. You know, I cleaned up panda poop, observed their daily routine and wrote them down in diaries for them, fed them. And in Costa Rica, we would do night patrols to follow the turtle trails, see if there were turtles on shore laying eggs. And if so, we'd count the eggs and tag the turtles for research purposes. So yeah, I'm sure it was a very profound experience for me, for sure. And in both of these scenarios, I think that's the first time when I personally experienced this awe for nature, you know, awe being defined as a reverential respect mixed with fear and wonder. I just love that word so much. And yeah, interestingly, we know through research that the feeling of awe has a tendency to make us kinder, more generous, and encouraged to forego our personal interests for the welfare of others and the world. So all in all, it was just this accumulation of my initial fascination, learning about species extinction, experiencing wild nature for myself and the grandness of it all, and feeling that sense of awe that really solidified my passion for the environment. You know, you touch on something so important, which is that awe factor. And I can remember being a child and my dad taking me. I mean, I'm pretty sure that my mom was there. She was probably in the trailer hiding, but camping with my dad, staying in the tent, you know, walking around in, in the redwoods of Northern California, where I spent the first 10 years of my life, and then being, you know, really lucky to be able to go on semester at sea during college and go around the world and see how climate change is impacting communities all over the world. And, you know, there was that awe factor, but there was also that just, man, this is so sad. Like, and I came home with this feeling of the world is such a big place. What can I possibly do to help? Would it be enough I have enough years on this planet to make the impact that I want to make. So thank you so much for sharing that because I think, you know, 
being out in the world in situations that aren't necessarily what we grew up in, just exposing ourselves to the vastness of this planet, putting ourselves in different ecosystems, you know, witnessing, like you said, you know, tagging various animals and, and following them on night patrol, you know, to see where they're going and how they're interacting. What wonderful experiences you've had. There are a lot of students that listen to this podcast. All the way, there are middle school students, higher classrooms that listen to A Sustainable Mind and also high schoolers and, and college students. What advice do you have for them in terms of, hey, what's my first step in jumping into this? How can I gain more experience? How can I get out there and, and, and receive that awe? Because not all of them have that accessibility, right? Some of us grow up in nature. Some of us have to go to nature. It's a bit of a trek, but we can get there. And others of us, may feel a little bit stuck. What what advice do you have for those people? Help yeah, me. I feel like to start with, look to wild nature that's closest to where you are. Taiwan is actually a really beautiful island. It's in the subtropical zone. So it's actually super biodiverse. And I think I overlooked that growing up and I didn't I didn't immediately look to, you know, what do I have close to me that's already this amazing wild nature that I can experience? And I was really fascinated by things that were really far away from me. But I'm sure, you know, wherever you are, look to whatever environments or outdoor spaces, national parks are closest to you and just try to make a trip out there and experience that. And certainly if you want to get involved with volunteering to see how conservation work is done in real life, there are a bunch of amazing nonprofit organizations that are constantly looking for volunteers to support their work. So yeah, there are a ton of great, great businesses that also take volunteers when they have maybe beach cleanup efforts or nonprofits like Sierra Club, et cetera, that also are looking for people like you. So don't be afraid to do some research and see what the closest thing and most accessible thing for you may be. Excellent. Excellent advice. So let's talk about how you are doing your part to, you know, impact the world and and bring people together over this concept of environmental sustainability. And the thing that you're really doing right now is Green Dreamer podcast. So how did that come about? Where did the idea come from? And, And how did you start with that? Mm. So Green Dreamer, I started May of 2018. So it's just a little over a year at this point. And prior to that, I was getting into listening to a lot of podcasts myself, including A Sustainable Mind, as I mentioned earlier, which was a huge inspiration for me. And I just fell in love with this media format. You know, I was sharing information on social media, but was constantly finding myself feeling limited by social media and the limited words that we can put there or just the limited ways that we we can actually communicate with people on a deeper level. And I always felt like I wanted to go deeper with things that I was talking about. So I loved that podcasts really allow for longer form content that feels a lot more intimate. And what finally made me just go for it was feeling a sense of doom and gloom in all the environmental and social issues that I was learning about. Like you mentioned earlier, you know, what are we supposed to do as individuals when we have this world of really complex and deep rooted issues going on? So feeling that myself and also hearing from my friends who felt similarly as I did, I really wanted to explore our possible solutions and learn from people who are already doing amazing things in their own ways 
for, for the betterment of our world. So yeah, I mean, from psychology, I learned that when we feel hopeless or helpless or don't feel confident about our abilities to be able to turn things around, we're also likely to shut down and feel paralyzed. But now's the time when we really need to activate and take action and move forward. So I wanted to personally break out of my overwhelm and hopefully inspire other people to do that as well. And for us to, again, learn from all the diverse ways that uh, other people are contributing to a better world and see how we can contribute in our own ways as well. So greendreamer.com, which is your podcast website, has not only fantastic episodes, please check it out. I mean, seriously, guys, I, I've i listened to a lot of environmental podcasts. This is one of the best. So if you haven't listened to it, listen. But you also have blog articles, which are really awesome and super informative, actually. So your most recent one, which I'm just seeing now, when I looked at the website last time, it didn't have it on here, but talking about insurance companies and how what they have to do with the expansion of the fossil fuel industry. I mean, there's so much to learn outside of just your episodes. You mm. have to hire, you know, you're one of those people that I'm like, how does she keep up with all this? <laughs> <laughs> it's tough. I feel like people from the outside always tell me that I look like I have everything together and I'm really organized, but on the back end, I'm really struggling to keep everything together. So it's always a work in progress. You know, I learn a bunch of things just from reading articles and I'm like, I really want to share this. So then I just share what I learned. So I feel like I'm just a uh, People call me an expert, but I'm like, I, I feel like I don't know enough because every time I learn more, I'm like, oh my God, there's so much more to learn. So uh, that's invigorating as well to know that there's still, there's still so much that is out there that I'm just really excited to further explore all of these topics and how they connect with one another. Well, let me tell you one way in which you are my role model, which is your consistency. You said you started this in May 2018. You're already in the 170s? Uh, 150, 60, yeah. <laughs> By the time this episode comes out, you're going to be in the 170s in terms of how many episodes you've released. And a lot of these are guests. So let me give the listeners a little peek behind the scenes, right? You know, there are some people who they record you know, a month or two worth of content in a day or two. And they're mostly solo episodes. Now there are a couple of people out there who, you know, they're like scheduling gurus and they can, you know, get all of their interviews scheduled on one day for one month. And then they've got content for weeks and weeks and weeks upon weeks. To have this many interviews back to back to back, I mean you must have a wonderfully, you know, put together machine supporting you <laughs> to, to do this. Cause I tell you podcast guests, it's hard. I've had to hire somebody just to do that. Yeah, we do have a part-time production manager, Abigail. She's amazing. And she's my secret weapon to keeping me organized because I'm really an unorganized person. I'm all over the place. So uh, <laughs> definitely takes more than one person to get this done. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's definitely a wonderful journey getting to focus on the topics that are important to you, that you're passionate about in a format that you're also passionate about. So congratulations on doing that. I want to touch on your sustainable fashion for a quick moment here. Where did that come from? Which came first, kind of the chicken or the egg? Were you into sustainable fashion first or was this something that was born out of another way for you to express yourself? Yeah. So interestingly, so I mean, 
continuing my passion for nature that really evolved and developed throughout high school and throughout my childhood. At university, I studied environmental studies, psychology, and marketing. And during my freshman year, I had this phase where I really struggled emotionally and just felt kind of depressed and unhappy and lost. But at a time when I felt like I had everything I could possibly need at that stage in my life, you know, a supportive family, friends, a great school. And also throughout my college years, I also experienced being around people who had a lot of wealth and success through the eyes of our modern society, but who weren't satisfied nor happy. So both of those things led me to wonder, you know, what is it that really leads us to life satisfaction, joy and fulfillment? And yeah, I mean, in in raising this question, my my reasoning is that I feel like beyond first meeting our basic needs and securities in life, I think most of us make a lot of our decisions based on what we feel like can bring us the greatest senses of happiness and fulfillment, whether in the short term or in the long term. So for me, it took a while for me to figure that out for myself, and it's an ever-learning journey for me. But initially, I turned to retail therapy in the form of cheap fashion to fill my personal voids. And I feel like at that time, my combination, the combination of my innocent love for creative expression through style my unhealthy reliance on retail therapy to fill my voids, as I mentioned, and fast fashion being really on the rise at that time, you know, just being so cheap with new styles every single week had me addicted to that cycle. And then later, my huge wake-up call came when I studied abroad in Milan, which is one of the fashion capitals in the world, and I was studying fashion and business there. But I remember I was at the airport going to visit one of my friends who was studying abroad in a nearby city, and I saw this book called Ecologist's Guide to Fashion. And that caught my eye immediately because I had this passion for uh, ecology and nature and also for fashion. So that looked really interesting. I picked it up, and I read that entire book on the flight over and that changed my life. So I first learned about the 2013 Rana Plaza factory collapse in Bangladesh that a lot of our major fashion brands manufacture in. That collapse killed over 1,000 garment workers and injured 2,000 more. So it was one of the most tragic events that happened in the fashion space, I think ever in history. And I also learned how it takes an average of 2,700 liters of water to grow enough cotton to make one t-shirt. And I'm really bad at conceptualizing big numbers. So if you calculated that, that's about the equivalent of three years worth of drinking water for one person. Are you kidding me? That just blew my mind. Like one cotton t-shirt, the amount of water that it takes to grow enough cotton for that one t-shirt equates with three years worth of drinking water for one person. So then the math just starts to not make sense when you think about how there are tons of, you know, just basic cotton t-shirts that sell for five bucks. How how does that happen? So clearly, you know, the, the cheap price tags in the very end, it's not really cheap. It's just there are true costs behind the scenes that aren't taken into account in that final price tag. So it's the exploited labor that pays for it. And it's the extractive use of our natural resources that pays for it. And it's the negative externalities from us dumping toxic chemicals and dumping toxic dyes into our rivers that then go on to affect our wildlife as well. So in general, through that book and further research, because once you start opening a can of worms, you just kind of keep going down this rabbit hole and you can't stop because yeah, once you know, you can't really unknow it anymore. So I just started learning about how wasteful and toxic and 
dehumanizing often the fashion industry is. And that's when I connected the dots to see my personal role in our collective environmental impact and uh, got me into exploring how can we improve the fashion industry and uh, have that be reflected in our personal choices as well. Wow. 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 Okay. So (laughs) (laughs) that's how I felt. Yeah. My goodness. So for those of you that are interested in learning more about the Conscious Fashion Collective at ConsciousFashion.co, which is a lookbook featuring people and brands using fashion for social and environmental good. It has some wonderful looks, like I said, you know, special occasions, capsule wardrobes, jeans and, and denim, you know, basically creating outfits for yourself that you can mix and match different parts of your outfit to keep your looks fresh, but also not kind of go overboard and also very specific brands that are doing good things in the world. So that's what Conscious Fashion Collective is all about. Check that out at ConsciousFashion.co. You also have beginners fashion tips. I think it was episode 48 I don't have it in front of me. That's also a great episode. If you could give folks just one or two tips for sustainable fashion, what would those be? Yeah, um, I feel like one of the things that holds people back is people have this misconception that sustainable fashion is more expensive. So I would debunk that through the tips that I'm about to give. So number one, the most sustainable thing we can do in our fashion choices is to make the most of everything that we already have. So oftentimes we forget what we have in the backs of our closets. And when we really go dig up the things at the corners of our closets or at the backs of our drawers, we discover things that we forget that we have that we still love and still would want to wear. So that's the first tip is to go shop in the backs of your closet because that's free. And number two is to get into secondhand fashion or perhaps go thrifting, go treasure hunt for secondhand or vintage clothing because we also get more bang for our buck there because oftentimes we can find clothes in like new condition that would be a lot more affordable than if we were to buy them new. So people still want the same uh, variety of styles. Since fashion repeats itself, you can likely find that in the secondhand market. So yeah, you can still participate in the same variety and the fun in fashion in the secondhand space. And then finally, it's just opt for quality over quantity and uh, invest in invest in durability and things that will last for a long time over uh, the simple accumulation of stuff. So invest in impact and the deeper meaning behind things, connect with the stories of where things come from over that simple accumulation of materialism. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much for those suggestions. Back of the closet, consignment shops, quality over quantity. Fantastic. Thank you so much, Kamea. So just to wrap up a little bit, these all these links that are going on, because you've got a lot going on and it's all amazing. <laughs> so <laughs> dreamdreamer.com for the podcast again. And I did just pull it up. It is episode 48, Beginner's Tips to Sustainable Fashion. Like I said, great episode. It's a great show in general. Check that out. And then, of course, for fashion specifically, ConsciousFashion.co. All of these links will be in the show notes, as always, for this episode. So time for our seven sustainable questions. And the first one is, can you share with us one longstanding habit that you believe has significantly improved your life? Speed walking for half an hour to an hour early in the morning. Speed walking? Yes, (laughs) with my dog. With your dog. Okay. Which has made me so much healthier. Yeah. 
just having him around because he used to stay with my brother in Chicago, but he recently moved. So Oscar is with me now. And just, I don't know why I know that I need to be more active, but when I'm alone, I don't really do that for myself. But when Oscar is here, I'm like, no, like he needs to go outside. So I'll make it happen. So we go out on long walks, like three, three times a day. And it's been amazing for me. When you said uh, he recently moved, I was like, oh my gosh, Oscar, the dog moved himself. <laughs> he went through security. He hopped on a plane and then he's like ringing your doorbell. But I realized your brother moved. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be so, really funny. And, and, and I have heard there are a few people out there and some are like really big influencers in, in whatever field. Actually, uh, John Lee Dumas for a while there was all about speed walking because he you know, wasn't into like, you know, running, having a, a bad impact on your knees. Mm. I was like, oh, speed walking. Yeah. Oh, and I'll add to that as well. I've been wearing these barefoot shoes. Uh, so they basically, basically there's been a shoe spiracy. That's what this brand called Vivo Barefoot and their founder called it. But there's this shoe spiracy that we need layers of thick cushion in our, in our trainers in order to get the support that we need. But that's actually, that was based on unscientific information and basically by having the thick layers of cushion it it prevents our feet the the intricate muscles and ligaments in our feet and the complex functions of our feet to actually do its thing and build up its natural strength so when you transition gradually to things like barefoot shoes where you can actually feel the ground underneath you it's been such a joy to just be able to walk on grass walk on mud and be able to feel you know the terrain underneath me so it's just made the walking experience a lot more fun for me too yeah i have seen these i of course i didn't know what i was looking at but i know now hmm. yeah <laughs> cool thank you for that little tip there so what new habit are you cultivating in your life right now um i used to have a quite solid mindfulness practice, but for whatever reason, I kind of lost it. So I'm trying to regain that back. So just building my mindfulness practice, starting at maybe five minutes of mindfulness in the morning when I first wake up and yeah, hoping that can help me to feel less all over the place and keep me focused and grounded. Excellent. And speaking of mindfulness, uh, we have a PDF for mindfulness for the eco-friendly. So that will actually be available on the website. And I'll put a link in the show notes episode as well. That's a little freebie that you can sign up for. 10 ways to be mindful every day for the planet and for yourself. So you can check that out at asustainablemind.com. So when you think of mindfulness, what, what are some of the things that you do? I mean, you didn't say meditation specifically. So I guess in my mind, I'm thinking, what does mindfulness mean to you? Yeah. I mean, actually mindfulness itself to me can take a lot of different forms. So even just walking on the street, we can be mindful when we're walking on the street. So instead of listening to things, instead of being distracted, looking at our phones, if we just, you know, really grounded ourselves to that moment feeling the impact of our one feet going in front of the other, going in front of the other and opening up our five senses to savor that present moment. That to me is mindfulness. Um, but specifically the five minutes of mindfulness that I'm hoping to do would, I guess, I don't really know the exact definition of meditation, but I feel like I could look along the lines of that, just a mindfulness breathing practice where you sit, 
you cast your eyes downwards or you close your eyes. And I use insight timer to have that sound like the mm, gong, that thing that goes off. And I said that for five minutes, so I won't fall asleep and it'll tell me when I'm finished. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that can definitely be a challenge. Uh, especially when you have your eyes closed. Me, I could fall asleep like almost anywhere. Right. So. <laughs> <laughs> especially when you're doing this the first thing in the morning, like your body's like, am I snoozing or what is this? But no. What is your favorite episode of Green Dreamer? Oh, man. That's such an impossible question. <laughs> I know, I know, especially after 150 some odd episodes. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll say the most recent one that just aired as of when we're recording this. I believe it's episode 158, but it was with Jennifer Grayson. She's an environmental journalist and hosts the podcast Uncivilized Podcast. And we just explored some really big questions like, what is over civilization? Have we gone overboard? Is artificial intelligence and the and our current ways of technological advancement, is that leading to sort of dehumanization and it conjured up this image for me of how increasingly everything's becoming so smart that if you look at the physical activity of what we're doing as human beings, we're like just using our fingers to press buttons on a screen compared to what we see as people who are more primitive, who are out in nature, smelling everything, touching everything, using their hands to, to make things or to do things. And so, yeah, just, I don't know, this huge perspective shift of what does it mean to advance as a society if where we're currently headed at is leading us to dehumanizing ourselves, is leading us to degradation of, of the fundamental things that we need to live and disconnecting us from the things that matter most. See what I mean, people? Green Dreamer podcast. Go add it to your <laughs> Apple podcast app now. I don't know how many times I had to tell you. <laughs> like, my, like I'm sitting here listening to you. I'm like, my eyes are just going wide. Like, wow. That's a lot to unpack in, you know, yeah. Five minutes. I mean, <laughs> it's an it's an ever learning journey for me. I'm just so grateful to have had the opportunity to speak with people who are super smart and just people who are doing such great things in this space. And yeah. <laughs> wow. It's you know, it's a lot of hard work, but at the same time, I feel lucky and blessed to be able to do what I do with this podcast. And it sounds like you have a very similar experience of just, you know, having these amazing conversations with these amazing people that are doing amazing work in the world. And you get to then share that with thousands and tens of thousands of other people and, and how cool that is, you know, so good for you. Keep, keep up the great work with the podcast. I'm really enjoying it. And I, and I hope you keep that up for a really long time to come. Thank you. We'll work hard at it. <laughs> so uh, this is also going to be a difficult question, probably, since you've <laughs> interviewed so many amazing people. But many people look up to you and your work. I certainly do. Whose environmental work do you admire? That's so tough. Literally everybody that I've had the honor to interview, you definitely as well, because you've inspired me so much with your wide range of interviews. That's so tough. But I guess if I were to pick one person that really stood out to me is Peggy Shepard of the nonprofit We Act for Environmental Justice. And specifically from her, 
what blew my mind was she inspired me to think about how when we think about environmental nonprofits to support, a lot of times people go for the big ones because they're the most established and maybe they're the, the most credible. But a lot of times when those national nonprofits look at the measurements in terms of what they've supported to improve over time, so maybe water quality nationally or air quality nationally, they're looking at the national numbers, right? But that really, I guess, dismisses the environmental injustice that may still be ingrained in the picture. So maybe the national water quality improved, but maybe in a certain neighborhood that's been uh, marginalized, maybe their water quality actually went down. So that really stressed the importance of supporting local community-based groups for me. So that was just really uh, thought-provoking and inspiring to think about. Peggy Shepard, fantastic. I'll definitely have to look into that one for sure. Yeah. Do you have an internet resource other than consciousfashion.co and greendreamer.com <laughs> that you would find helpful on a regular basis that you would like to share with our listeners that you think would be beneficial for them to use on a semi-regular basis? I feel like your listeners probably already know this, and I'm sure you know this as well, but Ecosia, the search engine that plants trees with its ad revenues, because essentially you can use it like Google and get a lot of great information that you need, but simultaneously be contributing to reforestation just by doing your day-to-day, the exact same habits that you do right now. Excellent. Excellent suggestion. And what book would you recommend to sustainable minds out there that are hoping to shift their mindset specifically to become the change that they want to see in the world? Mm. I would say Homo sapiens or The Hidden Life of Trees. Mm. Just big, big concept books that can really shift your perspective or your worldview and then have that shift in value constantly motivate different habits, different choices, different behaviors for yourself. What is one question that you can suggest to listeners that they can take throughout their day and throughout their week asking themselves that will help them be better stewards of our planet? What is the story behind this, this product or uh, what is the deeper impact of this choice that I'm making? Yeah. Super, super important, right? I mean, we're constantly using things, which means that we're often buying things, new things, unfortunately. Uh, sometimes I don't need to be new. So yeah, that is a good question to ask. It's it's one of those things where it's not just about the product that we purchase, right? It's, you know, it's uh, the food that we choose to purchase. It's Actually, like you were talking about the environmental organizations that we choose to support, you know, getting really that story behind everything that you're exposing yourself to. Where am I getting this information from? What's the story behind this product? What's the story behind this food? And is it, is it a story that benefits me health-wise, that benefits my community? Or is it a story of, you know, degradation and, you know, taking something away? from this planet that we're trying so hard to protect and really at the end of the day, protecting ourselves because the world's going to go on without us. (laughs) Right, exactly. (laughs) People people always say like, let's save the planet, but the planet's going to be just fine. We're kind of just threatening our own civilization. And of course, all the wonderful biodiversity of life that's currently here with us. Exactly. And that's what we're really here to protect is, is every other living thing on this planet. They're the ones that are really at risk and it's pretty much all our fault. So 
<laughs> but let's not leave on that note. So Kamea, do you have any final words or parting pieces of guidance for sustainable minds out there? Mm, I would say there are two. So to follow up on what we just talked about in terms of reconnecting with the stories behind things, what we do know that does contribute to our senses of life satisfaction is a connection to a larger purpose or something that's greater than ourselves. So when we look at everything around us, as things that have deeper meanings behind them rather than simple materialistic goods. I feel like that inspires us to have that feeling of awe that we mentioned in the beginning because it connects us to see how this thing in front of me actually connects me with this globalized world because it likely has passed through many hands and many different places before it getting to where I am. So that's the first thing is that I feel like sometimes it can feel sacrificial to live more sustainably, but really it can bring about more enrichment and joy into our lives and uh, more depth when we're able to see the deeper impact, the deeper stories behind everything. So that's the first thing. Um, and my final thing that I'll leave you with is, you know, airlines always say, put your own mask on before assisting others. Just remember to take care of yourself first because only when you feel at your best emotionally, mental, mentally, and physically can you best support everyone around you that you love and also bring about your best service and work to this world. Thank you so much, Kamea, for joining us today. Again, I want everyone to check out the Green Dreamer podcast. Truly is fantastic. And of course, it is available wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at Green Dreamer dot com. Kamea, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. The pleasure's all mine. Thanks. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode. If you're interested in learning more about Kamea and Green Dreamer podcast, head on over to greendreamer.com or you can check out the links as well as all of the resources mentioned in today's episode by reading our show notes, which you can find on your podcast app or on our website at asustainablemind.com forward slash 074. Thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time on A Sustainable Mind.